Local Heroes, The Celebration of Sligo Sport is a new book uh, just published. It's written by renowned journalists and twin brothers Jim and Leo Gray, who were news editor and sports editor with the Sligo Champion during their uh, careers. Uh, the book was officially launched in the Sligo Park Hotel last Thursday evening, which was covered live, as you well know, on our Final Whistle Sports Programme. And there were lots, a host of local heroes themselves at the launch, a who's who of sporting champions in Sligo. And Jim and Leo Gray, I'm delighted to say, are joining us in the studio this morning. Gentlemen, good morning to you. Morning, And, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. And you were, you were telling me there's upwards on, on 70 chapters covering 20 sports. More than 20 <coughs> sports, More than I think, 20 yeah. sports. Yeah. Which is unique in itself, I it suppose. It is indeed. It? Oh, it's, it's the first time I'd say that such a huge gathering have been collected. Like one of our taglines in promoting the book was that it was the most comprehensive collection of Sligo sports stars ever assembled between two covers of a book. But when we were out with Austin there the other night, I'd say it was the biggest gathering of Sligo sports people ever in the same room, under the one roof, and it was fantastic. Great to see. Doesn't happen very often, as we know. No, rarely. And and that's the lovely thing about the book, in that there'll be some very familiar, well-known stories, well-known characters, but it's a very local book as well. Like Sligo drips off every page. Um, an example of that now, the other night, just out of the blue, Leo mentioned a guy that we used to go to school with, that we played football with at school, uh, Ozzy Herity. Yeah. And lo and behold, Ozzy's brother, Speedy Herity, is in the book because he played in the MacArthur Cup. His daughter is um, the weather forecaster, Louise Herity. The team that we played against with Ozzy Herity, we had a guy called Pat Nealon on it, yeah. the late Pat, God be good to him. He's an uncle of Tabby. And Tabby's dad is in the book because he was a great goalkeeper back the year. So there's just an illustration. I think anyone who lifts the book will find a connection. We'll see links, yeah, Yeah. all over the place. Where did the idea come from, Leo? And how long have you been planning this? Both of us were with the champion for 40 years. So when you're covering and lucky enough and have the privilege to sort of have an eyewitness account of uh, local sport and local sporting heroes, it cultivates in you, you know, an admiration for and a pride in those people. And I think the motivation came from the fact that I always felt, and Jim was the same, that while these people were known locally and acclaimed locally, in a general sense, their achievements went under the radar. Yeah. So I think what we tried to do in the book was, as I, I said, you know, take that substantial record of achievement out of the shadows, shine a light on it and put it out there for long overdue recognition. Um because I, because I, you'd have uh, athletes and sports people of international renown, national renown, and then more more locally. Yeah, absolutely, uh, famous. absolutely. Yeah. And I th- people have asked us since the book came out, or when it became known, we're working on it. You know, what was your favourite moment, or well, what was your favourite? What did you think was the best achievement? And it's like asking asking a parent what's their favourite child. You know, I mean, they all in their own way are very very special. And even some of the some of some probably events or achievements that didn't make it into the book are great as well, you know. And everything is local. Yeah. And for ourselves as proud Sligo men, uh, you know that's where it's at. You know, we, we're very very proud of of being local and working locally, yeah. 
and try to reflect that passion uh, uh, in the book. Yeah, and there's no hierarchy in, yeah. in that sense, in that the book starts alphabetically. So the first subject is athletics. Yeah. And each person in each chapter is also done alphabetically. So in that sense, the distinction, and I hope it is a distinction of being the first story in the book, is Lucy Brennan, the great athlete Lucy yeah. Brennan. So she's the first. Now, wouldn't be Lucy would be well used to being first anyway. So, But mm. that's just... It, it yeah. goes then from athletics right through alphabetically, through, as you say, over 20 sports. And, and was it difficult to, 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 I mean, did you have to narrow down to 20 sports? Did you have to narrow it down to a certain amount of people? Was it no. difficult to plan all that? No, we didn't, we didn't start off with a plan like that now, really. More yeah. or less, the project took on a life of its own once we started. So we didn't confine ourselves either to the number of people or, or events that would be in the book or even the number of chapters. Yeah. But we had a rough kind of idea ourselves when we started out on paper of, of the ones that we definitely should do. And we concentrated on that as a start. But then as it developed, as I say, it took on a life of its own. We were and the word count initially yeah, by the publisher of 100,000 words. We exceeded which, that. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a lot of words. But once we got into it, like there was no way we were going to live within yeah, that. So we had yeah. to keep looking for uh, permission to expand and expand. And then, of course, things were evolving as we were working. Like we, we had done a chapter, say, on rovers. Yeah. Or, uh, there's a number of good number of stories about rovers. But then there's great European... Uh, journey this summer and you couldn't ignore that yeah. because in five ten years time people will still be talking yeah. about that so that's yeah. in it as so, well yeah so that's it's bang up to date in that sense yeah. and also Brian Colch and Christopher O'Donnell achieved great yeah. great um, success after we had started the book even after we had the pieces done on them so we sort of you're constantly updating that yeah. as you go yeah. along but um, the other thing that made it so successful and that we were greatly encouraged by was the buy-in from all the people that we contacted. Yeah, that, that was the important um, thing. We could, yeah. we could see yeah. that on the social media. There was a huge buy-in. Yeah. And, and the other aspect, and I know you won't you won't really accept this point, but the amount of people who are, are truly thankful to you guys and the Sligo <laughs> Champion for giving them publicity down the years. Yeah, but it isn't some... Look, no more than yourself, Niall. I hear people on here with you and they're thanking you and I know, well, you don't like to hear it. Yeah. So in that sense, yeah, we... we it's a job of work that you do every day of the week and you yeah. don't think of it in terms as doing anybody a favour. But yeah. having said that, we have received so many messages from people since the other night uh, thanking us for including them in the book, for looking after them every week in the champion. But of course, these people all deserve publicity. Yeah, yeah. And no, if a local paper doesn't yeah. do that, then it's, it's yeah. not really fulfilling its mandate anyway. And it was also, it was a privilege for us, Niall, to work for 40 years in the champion. That was something, you know, we never took for granted. I mean, the champion is an institution. Go back yeah. to 1836, never missed a week since that, still producing a first-class product. So to have the privilege to be part of that history of the paper itself for 40 years... You know, the honour and the privilege was all ours. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alan says, well done to the Grey Brothers and to think it all started on the fair green. <laughs> now, that's lost in me, I have to say. <laughs> oh, well, that's where, that's where, like, good few people have asked us to, uh, since we started this, we any good yourselves at those sports? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where we used to play, the fair green and the nuns field. They were yeah. our Wembleys in, in those days, yeah. um, growing up uh, around St. Bridget's MCR area generally. Yeah, so that's where the fair green comes in, yeah. Yeah, now I know, Leo, you were saying you don't like to single any one particular story out or individual. And I know Austin asked you this question on Thursday and, and Jim told uh, a very interesting story about Kieran Kelly, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. But anything in particular, without 
saying one is better nobody's better than anyone else but yeah. what was the story you most enjoyed well I enjoyed <laughs> it's probably covers everything now, but I mean I enjoyed working on them all and just thinking here off the top of my head about some of the some of the interesting ones but I, I thought one of the stories that Raf Cretero told me was, was very good it was um, imagine a cup final against Shelburne we went to a penalty shootout um, Paul Cook is going around looking for the five brave men to put up their hands and Raf was a natural goal scorer like you know it was his whole career but he didn't want to take a penalty amazing um, but he couldn't talk once Cook he said he was doing it that was it but he said as he was making his way from the it, Rovers I think scored two penalties or maybe three penalties beforehand and Karen Kelly saved two of Shelburne's penalties so it, it worked out that it came down to the last kick uh, for Raf. if he scored yeah. Rovers won the cup so as he and he was reluctant to take the penalty. So he's walking up to the from the centre spot where the players were lined up up to take the penalty. He said, just for some strange reason, this song, I think it's a Rihanna song, came into his head. And he said he's looking around at the Pack Stadium, knowing that his family are in the stands, his girlfriend, the whole of Sligo kind of fingers crossed, deep in prayer, and he's walking up with this song and he starts singing it to himself. And he's gone up to take a, a, a penalty that could win the cup for Sligo Rovers. So I just thought that was a, an amazing kind of a, an insight into what goes on because we all see these dreaded penalty shootouts, yeah. and you know what in the name of God is going through these fellas' mind? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, you know, no, little stories. So there's more serious yeah. stuff. Ah, yeah, but there's loads of little light-hearted nuggets. Loads of nuggets. Well, yeah, there's a good yeah. one if we have time. John, oh, no, no, John, John Brennan. He was the. Um, yeah. Full back on the Sligo team that won the 1975 Connacht title. The first yeah. one in years and years and years. So it was mad excitement. Yeah. And then they qualified for the semi-final to play Kerry. The, the mighty Kerry team were just beginning yeah, just to take beginning off. Just yeah. starting off, yeah. And so the team yeah. are in the hotel pre-match in a, in a Dublin hotel. And John, one of the most crucial players in the team, decides he's going to have a little pre-match nap. And off he goes to bed. He wakes up a couple of hours later and everyone's gone. <laughs> no, no text machines, no, no, no mobiles, no WhatsApp groups. How do I get to Crow Park? Well, first of all, how did the team leave the hotel without their star player and not notice he was missing? Yeah. So John, eventually, luckily enough, a supporter came late into the hotel and saw him. Said, "Cheers, what are you doing here?" So your man gives him a lift to Crow Park. But then he has the trouble of convincing the stewards. I'm in this. I'm playing. And the boys said, "You couldn't be." I am, I'm part of the... And then he gets into the dressing room maybe 20 minutes before throwing. And the boys say, oh, John, they hadn't even missed him. And this is an All-Ireland semi-final. So there's loads of nuggets like that yeah. in the clothes. It was of a time. Uh, one player in the team told me that when they won the Connick final that year, I think it was after replay, there was actually two homecomings because they got split. They went yeah. different routes, but anyway. Yeah, that's that was, all dealt with. Uh, all I, can, I can imagine it, but <laughs> do you 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 enjoy? Was it was it a labour of love for you, Lazaro? Oh, yeah, was, was it was it was it hard yeah. work? Yeah. Leo described it the other night. Maybe it sounds a bit crude, but it's actual fact. It was an itch that needed to be scratched. It was almost yeah. unfinished business in a way. You know, yeah. we'd retired eight, ten years ago, and we just felt it was a bit of unfinished business. And, yeah. and it was lovely to talk to all the guys that we had known, but it was equally nice to engage with people that have emerged since we retired, like the likes of Mona McSharry, for instance. It was lovely to meet those people again and chat to them. Yeah. So, yeah, it was definitely a labour of love, yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's a sense, and we were talking off-air before, and there's a sense that uh, it, it, there's a bit of unfinished business, is there? Is there a... 
No, it's finished now. Is it? <laughs> it's finished now. There probably would be a second volume, volume yeah. in that or some other Sligo sports book because there's such a great history of sport in Sligo. But I think there'll be somebody else who'll be taking yeah. it on. But in, in the sense that, we, as you were saying, it's probably the first time such uh, an array of sports people gathered in one yeah. place in, in County it, Sligo. It's like... Um, Live Aid comes to Sligo, but it's sport rather than, <laughs> rather than music. It was just, and as I said, the great thing was everybody was so enthusiastic about being yeah, involved was a, was and being thing, there. A lovely thing, Leo, was um, there were people going around the hall. It was a packed yeah. room, and there were yeah. people going around getting autographs on the book from Mary Collins, say, or Tony yeah. Fagan, David Pugh. So there were people leaving with, with the book, with our signatures on, but also all the sports stars had signed the book. Now that... It's yeah. something that will never, probably never happen again. It was lovely to see that. Right, OK, it is in the shops now. You're in Eason's on Saturday, lads. We are, it? no. Yeah. It's big, the big time, Lyle, yeah. <laughs> yeah, two o'clock on Saturday afternoon, if anybody wants to drop in and, yeah. and say hello to us, we'd be delighted to see them, yeah. Well, I'm just conscious you might get material for a second book uh, based on the people <laughs> that turn up there and tell you stories. Yeah, indeed, but, indeed. Uh, very, very readable anyway, I'm sure. It's, it's of interest to a lot of people. Yeah, who, yeah. Who remember yeah, those of us? There's huge interest in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's it's a history of Sligo apart from anything else well, as well. You see, that's it? the other thing, and we all talk about pride in the home place and the sense of belonging to Sligo, which is lovely. But it's very hard to articulate that. Yeah. But nothing does it more powerfully than sport. Yeah. So when Rovers win the cup, for instance, the place goes mad with happiness yeah. and pure joy. Yeah. If the GA team win a Connick title, when Mona McSharry and, and Chris O'Donnell were in the Olympics, every TV in the county yeah. was tuned in. So sport is the vehicle through which we all express this pride of place. So I think that's what will appeal to people as well. Right, OK. How do you feel about uh, a book signing, Leo? <laughs> <laughs> well, an overnight success after 40 years. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's great. So no. Right, OK. And uh, no plans for a second book in any shape or form at this stage. Absolutely But you, you were, were you daunted by the, the prospect of... You only, when did you start? January, you were saying? We started kind of the preparatory the work in January. We started doing the interviews in February and writing then as we went along. So I suppose you could say from February maybe to... Early August was when we were actually finished with the yeah. with writing it. And some people so say that's it, very tight. Yeah, it's timeline, a very tight. But, timeline. But, but there were two of yeah. us, so yeah, there were two yeah. of us at it, which helped. It wasn't like full. one person just to set out on a project like that, and it'd be very daunting, all right. But I think having having done it now, it's done and dusted, and we're delighted with it, and hopefully everybody else is as well. But second one on the way, Nile, I don't think no. so. But right. it never happened at all. We were approached by a publisher to do a. Sort of a some sort of a Sligo book. He he was thinking more in terms of a political book at that stage. It never landed. So then we we started pitching ideas for this sports book. And the more he heard about it, the more he yeah. liked it. And I could tell by himself even on Thursday night he was flabbergasted at the uh, yeah. like the, the way it turned out and the interest and the goodwill that was out there. So it's terrific. 